Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. We are thrilled that you're here joining us this morning. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Jaleel Anibaba back at the desk, Alexis Guerrero. So we've got Ali Trost Martin in with some headlines. Nico, I look like I should be giving you your, your portfolio or something. Thanks. Right? <laughs> We're doing finance, finance bro. bro. So the finance bros and I leave my building at the same time they take the train. To New York. Are you taking fashion cues from him now? Bring my love. Let's chat today's big match, shall we? The U.S. men's national team taking on Trinidad and Tobago in the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals, 9 p.m. tonight on TNT. Jaleel. Let's chat about this U.S. men's national team. We've been waiting for this. Who are you looking forward to watching? Who are you hoping um, gets a good opportunity? in these couple matches? Well, I expect us to be dominant in the midfield, and that flows through Weston McKinney and Eunice Musa. I expect those two to really boss things, whether it's dictating the play going side to side and then picking their moments, bang, to go forward. That's what we typically see from them. Um, Weston, for example, is, is really playing very, very well with Juventus right now, and I expect Bearhalter to put a first-choice side in in Austin against TNT to really set the stage here in this first fixture. Those two for me to boss the midfield are gonna be huge here. Mm -hmm. I mean, since 
since we lost to them in the World Cup qualifying, we've played them three times, a 6-0, a 7-0, and a 6-0. So that's a 19-0. Jeez. 19-goal-plus positive goal differential. So I'm not too worried about what happens against Trinidad and Tobago. I don't want to consider this a scrimmage or anything of that nature. I don't, I'm not discrediting our, comp our competition or disrespecting anyone. But that said, I think it's a chance to try some things, and I would like to see some, some chances tried with the, the, the back line. In particular, I'd love to see Anthony Robinson get a run out if he's healthy again. But if not, Christopher Loon just played well in that position. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him get a, get a shot. But that's not really trying things. It's... Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> because you said you were trying, but Anthony Robinson's our first choice left back. I said if he's healthy, I'd like to see him get right. a run out. But if not, Christopher Loon for me. Let's see how that experiment continues. Right. A defensive midfielder is big for me. Is it Leonard Maloney? Is it, uh, do we do we do Eunice Musa and Weston McKenney right. swapping those positions mm -hmm. when one is roaming forward? Like I feel like that is trying something. Leonard yeah. Maloney even shifting to different formation. Th that would be more experimental from Berhalter. I don't think he's going to go there, though. I, I, think, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, it, it's, no. it's a game for points. He'll put his best 11, and if anything, if there's a big enough advantage, he can try something in the reverse fixture. But I'd love to see a three-man back line. God. Wingbacks, bombing forward. Hey, this you're acting like Bearhalter can play FIFA out there. You gotta, you gotta win these games, and I think, in all seriousness, the the first fixture is huge just to set yeah. the tone because, yes, TNT is an inferior opponent, but it takes a lot of leadership. It takes a lot of professionalism to to go into these fixtures and handle them the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes these matches are are much more difficult than people understand. So you have to get up for it. You have to make sure that that the the mood is right. The professionalism is there. That's why I expect the leaders in the group, the Weston McKinney's, the Eunice Musas, the the Miles Robinsons, Gio Reynas of the world, Folar and Balogun, to do what they do early on in the match to make it a situation where this game resembles that of the previous fixture against Ghana. So that way they're going into the second right. fixture with a comfortability and then maybe you can try things away from home. Yeah, it's just a reminder, it's a, a two-legged quarterfinal series. The first match is at Q2 Stadium in Austin, Texas, so the U.S. will be at home. I feel like this is a huge match for Matt Turner who has lost the starting position at Nottingham Forest. And as a goalkeeper, Nico, I know you can, can speak on this. The confidence factor is huge in that position. And I feel like Matt Turner, he's got – I'm not worried about him, yeah. but I want him to have some good performances here. I don't think he's going to see a difficult shot today. I don't think he's going to see you don't think too much action okay. in these, Is that over good these or two bad? games. Uh, I think it reinforces the fact if he starts in these two games, it reinforces the fact that Berhalter thinks he's the number one despite his situation mm -hmm. at Nottingham Forest. We saw that at times with Zach Steffen at Manchester City when he was the number one. Berhalter kept on using him despite him not playing. And there have been situations with goalkeepers that that has happened over several national teams that a manager has a number one. And Matt Turner is a number one despite anything. I mm -hmm. think something catastrophic would have to happen with Matt Turner on the national team for him not to be considered the number one at this moment. Plus, nobody else is playing, so um, except for like Gaga Slonina. So... It's it's important for Matt Turner, yes, to, to be in the sixth, to, to to see game action. I just 
really don't know, to, to, to be honest, how much he's going to be tested mm-hmm. in these games against Trinidad. Maybe it's, maybe it's less about being tested, but to Susanna's point, uh, I can't remember the last time we, we've started a goalkeeper that was demoted from their position. Zach Steffen came in as a number two. Mm-hmm. Matt Turner, when he was at Arsenal, was a number two. This is someone who we now sort of get a chance to see where their head is at. You've just been demoted. You're trying to win back a position. This is a little bit different. And granted, this competition is not going to let you really see as much as to, to your point. You're not going to see. You're not going to get tested. But I do want to see where his confidence level is at, how comfortable he looks in there. Does he look like he's trying too hard, maybe to show too much to yeah. maybe win that position back or at least get a, get a, get a little bit of a, of a glimpse of that uh, starting position? But he's not, nothing he's going to do. Today is going to help him win his position back for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, and I don't really think him losing his starting spot right now really affects anything with the national team. Maybe we'll see how it plays out. What about him as a goalkeeper? Come summer, Copa America, if he's still not playing, then that's a different story. But right now, he lost his spot, what, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And when you know Turner, he's a a glass-half-full type guy. He, he earned his spot and his keep in New England as the third string keeper. Hmm. So he's used to being in situations where people count him out. And, you know, he'll, he'll be completely fine with the national team. He'll be confident there. To Nico's point, I don't think he sees much action, especially in this first fixture. But Turner will be fine. My boy will. He'll, he'll, he'll keep confident and he'll keep doing his thing. Hmm. Alexis, who, uh, who would you like to see if a big game off the bench? Who could be a difference maker? Ooh, off the bench. I mentioned Christopher Lund. If he does come off the yeah. bench, I'd love to see him. I, I think that left back position needs to be solidified as far as mm-hmm. starter and backup. And Christopher Loon to me is someone that could take over the starting position if something were to happen to Anthony Robinson injury wise. So I think for me, that's the position that I'm looking at. All right. I would like to see Malik Tillman get a run. Yeah. Ooh. Off the bench. Really well. If he doesn't start, you know, for PSG. just scored a goal. PS- sure PSG. did. Sure did. That's Him and Sergio Sergio Dest. Dest. Hey. We're trying to see some flair here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, U.S. men's national team taking on Trinidad and Tobago tonight at 9 p.m. on TNT. We are going to take a quick break. Ali Trost Martin is going to be back with some headlines when we return. Stick around, everyone. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Welcome back to Morning Footy. Uh, did you know that Wayne Rooney has a brother named John who's oh, from Macclesfield and can still score goals like this? Oh, yeah. Wow. What? And what, did Wayne Rooney plant the pothole that the keep stepped on? <laughs> Jeez. He's holding the sniper gun on the roof. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you saw that pitch, man. Come on. With all due have respect. Have you all been to Macclesfield before? Because I have. Have you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> not the best. I mean, with all, I mean, I want to give John Rooney credit for mm-hmm. hitting a ball from half field. That was incredible. Back, Beckham Doc inspired. How on it, for real. Near 30? Look at 30 something? John Rooney? John Rooney. Fun fact, John Rooney and I were on the same combine team. No. Wow. Swear down. No yep. way. Yep. What were your impressions of him? Very mellow, humble uh-huh. guy. Um, 32. Did you understand him? Yes. Yeah. He was soft-spoken. Okay. Very, very soft-spoken. Um, this sounds like the opposite of his brother. Yes. That's, that was exactly, <laughs> those were exactly my thoughts. Reserved. Um, Did he have you know. more hair than Wayne? At the time, <laughs> they had the same amount of hair. I don't know about now. Um, but you got you to gotta remember, my combine year was, what, 2011? You're, so. you're still a spring chicken, Jaleel. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that glow. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was a heck of a goal. To be fair, well done, well done, John Rooney. All right, let's send it on over to Allie Trost Martin, who has some headlines for us. Hello, Allie. Good morning. Good morning, Suze. Good morning, everybody. Yo yo. Yo yo. What's going on? Oh man. All right. Uh, Let's get into the headlines, shall we? In women's soccer news, that is where we start. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes went from celebrating her appointment as the new U.S. Women's National Team head coach to becoming the latest high-profile coach to criticize officiating decisions after Chelsea's Women's Champions League draw with Real Madrid yesterday. A couple of controversial calls cost Chelsea in their 2-2 draw with Real Madrid. Chelsea led 2-0 when Real Madrid was awarded a questionable penalty that was converted and then sparked a comeback. Chelsea appeared to score the late winner to make it 3-2, but it was ruled offside. After the match, Hayes said, quote, I think we've been robbed of what was a 3-1 game. In other women's soccer news, Megan Rapinoe underwent successful surgery yesterday to repair the torn Achilles that she suffered in the OL Reigns NWSL Championship loss to Gotham FC. Rapinoe suffered the injury just six minutes into Saturday's final, the final match of her storied career. The two-time World Cup winner and former Ballon d'Or winner announced her retirement earlier in the year with her final U.S. Women's National Team match coming in September. The 38-year-old helped guide the reign to a surprising run to the NWSL championship, but fell short in her quest to win her first NWSL title. In international soccer, Real Madrid midfielder Eduardo Camavinga suffered an injury with the French national team that could force him to miss up to two months with a sprained knee. According to reports out of France, the injury that Camavinga suffered in training yesterday could keep him out the rest of the calendar year, though he is still scheduled to undergo scans on his knee to determine how long he will be sidelined. In other international soccer news, CONMEBOL World Cup qualifying resumes today in South America, and reigning World Cup champion Argentina expects to have Lionel Messi healthy for their tough set of qualifiers against Uruguay and Brazil. Argentina coach Lionel Scaloni played down concerns about the fact that Messi has not played in a competitive match in almost a month, saying, quote, Messi is fine. He is doing well. Even though he's played one game in the last 25 days, he's been training normally. He's fit and good. 
We go from one Argentinian star to another, and Marcelo Gallardo appears ready to become the next high-profile manager to make the move to Saudi Arabia. According to multiple reports, Al Ittihad is finalizing a deal to make Gallardo their new head coach. Gallardo would replace Portuguese coach Nuno Espirito Santo, who was fired last week due to the team's poor run of results and a reported clash with French star striker Karim Benzema. Gallardo hasn't held a coaching job since stepping down from River Plate after leading the Argentinian Giants to three Copa Libertadores titles. Nico Gallardo has been one of the most sought-after managers ever since he left River. Would a Saudi move surprise you for him? It's disappointing, to be honest. Um, and by the way, it's two Copa Libertadores titles. Let's, uh, <gasps> let's be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not gonna, they, they lost one Copa Libertadores final with two <laughs> goals in the 90th minute. Um, but Gallardo was a manager that gave River their best ever era in club history with resounding and very significant wins internationally and took River back to that glory that they were so desperately seeking ever since they got relegated. He brought them back to the glory land where you expect a club like River Plate to be. And, and honestly, his teams were aggressive, offensive. They were fun to watch. It, it was a very, he got the most out of his players. It was a club over his entire span at River, 10 years that had an identity. It's very difficult in South America for a team to have an identity for so long mm -hmm. like that River team had. And like a couple months ago, he said that he wouldn't manage for the money. And that's why I'm disappointed where he maybe could have taken a step into Spain or Italy, elsewhere where he was a little bit more challenged, where he can build his resume as opposed to- Did he have opportunities The though? Saudi League. He was considered like the hot next coach. I think he could have totally got opportunities yeah. given what he did at River. And mm. And he, he's going to Saudi. I understand the money is probably amazing. He was very well paid at River. Steven Gerrard is making, reportedly, I mean, it's been talked about a couple times, but the number that keeps popping up is $19 million a year. Huge. At River, he was making around eight wow. or nine a year, which is pretty significant That's pretty for, great, actually. For, for an Argentine coach. So, so he's got to be making, I think, I would assume he's making at least Gerrard money. It, maybe it, close I to. mean, I, I would think so. And they're playing in the Club World Cup mm -hmm. coming up, so he has a shot at, at, at something incredible, something that he couldn't get done with River. Karim Benzema, twice. Fabinho, and Golo Conte is going to have some really great players. Yeah. Over there. I don't know. But I, I if I remember the statue correctly, I think he's excited about this opportunity. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen him. <laughs> Can we see the statue? In <laughs> a, a different yeah, league. Was, you I knew it was going to come. There it is. Here goes the statue. Oh, oh, I think it, oh. You kind of ruined it a little bit. Oh, there oh, it is. There it is. By the way, they, they fixed it. They, well, they did. They? did, did they? Yeah. yeah. She added veins. Oh, no, you didn't. No, to the, to the arm. <laughs> so holding the trophy. It's, it's hard to hold the trophy. Do your arms go numb when it goes up like oh that? My God. Listen, listen, yeah. listen. listen. <laughs> oh, I just realized oh, oh. You, this is my second time on the show, and now the camera's on you during this. You can't be mad at the guy for, for, for securing the bag. No, I'm if not, anything, if anything, I, I'm disappointed. I, under, I understand it completely, but when that much money, and we don't know exactly how much it is, but when you speak of a Saudi move, you're talking money, and when it's put in front of you, you never know how anyone's going to react. That was the question in Argentina. Where is Gajardo going to go next? Because we were so excited to see him flourish as a manager, possibly right. be, and he st obviously still has time to be one of the next great Argentine managers. Uh, so the fact that he's kind of like sidestepping, I would say just 
at a football level. I'm not right, judging right, right. by the bag, by mostly, I'm not judging by the bag to reach higher levels. For sure, it's kind yeah. of, it, it is a step back. I just felt like the trajectory of his coaching career would have taken him at a more prestigious European level. I will say, look, last time. in Europe, I think he's good enough for Europe, but I sometimes you just get too good of a package. Oh, I knew it. I, yep, yep. <laughs> there, there it goes. Yep, there it is. It's too there, big of a package. There it is. There Wait it for that one. Great. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're, I'm really uh, proud of myself. We're going to die. That should be. Very mature of you, actually. I'm trying to like, get us to break. Jeez, pipe down. Um, yeah, we're going to chat some more CONCACAF Nations League when we return. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. A win for the U.S., a confirmation for Canada, a coronation of all roles in Vegas. Reina to the edge of the six, and it's Chris Richards with the opener. He's been beaming with confidence. Driving into space of Balogun on his right. Fuller and Balogun has his first international goal for the U.S. The U.S. back-to-back Nations League champions. Welcome back. CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals kick off today. Uh, we know that the U.S. is going to be taking on Trinidad and Tobago. That match tonight at T- on TNT. But all the other matches you can watch on Paramount+. Plus. We've got Costa Rica taking on Panama. And tomorrow, Jamaica will face Canada, as well as Honduras taking on Mexico. Again, those matches on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's chat Costa Rica and Panama. We've got Los Ticos for Scanaleros. Jeez, I swear to Christ. You already know how to dance to Spanish music. Now you're learning this. I mean, so this is crazy. It's going to be a full evolution. You got a bunch of hoop points. earrings? Are we, oh, are we sure it's Susanna? I've always loved the hoops. Yo. I've always loved the hoops. Or Susanna Collins. 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 Susana. Dale. Don't get me started, y'all. Um, all right, let's chat about this matchup. Um, so Costa Rica leads this matchup head-to-head, but lately, mm. as of late, as mm. of late, Panama um, have been doing pretty well. They've actually won six of their last eight matchups in this one. So, Nico, when you look at this Panama side, what has, uh, what's, what's been behind the turnaround for them. Yeah, so just let's get you up to speed with Panama. They didn't make the World Cup, but under Tomas Christensen, their, their manager, in the last couple of years, they've really had a resurgence. They made the Gold Cup final. They beat the U.S. And uh, they, they've managed to maintain form and pick up impressive wins. They were top of their group to make it to this quarterfinal with, with a couple resounding wins on the way. 
I kind of want to give a little bit of context to what Panama is living at the moment. There's a lot of civil unrest. There's been civil unrest for the last three weeks or so in the country. Nationwide protests because the government has signed like a contract extension with uh, a Canadian mining company mm. to operate an open pit copper mine in Panama. And, and people are mega against what the government has approved um, because of uh, biological issues, uh, just... Uh, Health concerns. Yeah, yeah. Right. Atmospherical issues. Correct. So schools have been shut down. Major highways has been shut down. Um, people have died. Uh, people wow. have been shot. Um, it's there's a lot of civil unrest and, and there's moments that it's unsafe. There's a certain time at night where maybe you're not supposed to be out on the street. And that's what Panama is living at the moment. So they haven't been training at their normal training ground. They've been training at a high school, actually at a turf high school. So they've already made the trip to, to Costa Rica, to, to San Jose, and that's kind of what Thomas Christensen has said, maybe a, a small win in sport can unify the country for a little while. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's intense. It's so, heavy. And this first, so this first leg is at Costa Rica, Costa Rica. but the second and, and then in will Panama be in Panama. Everything so that would be, on. Oh man, yeah. that would be incredibly interesting. Um, they're on a bit of a run, though. They haven't lost in the last five. Yeah, yeah, they're playing really well. And one of their star players uh, plays in Major League Soccer. We get to watch him with the Houston Dynamo in Coco Carasquilla. Uh, Jaleel, what makes this player so special? Because he has been so much fun to watch this season for Houston. Besides just his style, rhythm, and flair, it's his ability to, to play with a high level of creativity, intelligence, and bravery. He's really come into this Houston Dynamo side and become a star for both club and country. And when you talk about what he means to this Panamanian national team as well, he's a star for the nation. Nico talked about the, the political and social unrest of the country. We all know that football transcends those type of things. Mm -hmm. And when you have a star like this, it, it really can, can help the, a country like this, uh, you know, heal through moments of, of pain and it can bring everybody together. What I, what I love about him is that he's confident. The last thing that I'll say is that when they were going through their, their Open Cup run, Panama made sure that they had the rights to, to show Open Cup in the country hmm. so that they could all rally around you know, him and the rest of the Houston Dynamo. They named the, the Open Cup final. Messi versus Coco, nice. and it was obviously and Coco came out a, on top. A Coco yeah. match. It's a, it's a huge opportunity. We got to see him, uh, you know, uh, in person with uh, with Panama when we were at Nations League. And the one thing you realize about him is, I want he creates a lot of chances, but he's really integral to the midfield. He reminds me of how Darlington Nagby was mm. in oh. those early those early uh, Columbus Crew days, where defensively stout will go back and defend, but will spring that attack and also will try to win the ball back immediately after losing possession in their own half. Coco Carasquilla, to me, feels like a bit of, a, of an engine for the team. You know, you could say heart and soul and all those things, but he just doesn't stop. He doesn't mm -hmm. stop running, and he's so effective at helping the, uh, the attack get launched. And when you pair him with Aníbal Godoy in the midfield, they didn't have Godoy in the last window. He was absent for personal reasons. We don't know what those were. He played with Nashville, though. Mm -hmm. um, but now he's back, and, and it's a strong team. The only player that they're missing that's usually a starter is Eric Davies, mm -hmm. who plays for DC United the, on the the left-hand side, so maybe like a Quintero or an Ismael Diaz to complement uh, Joel Edgar Barcenas up top. Fajardo 
Chicago. Uh, they need their nine to start scoring goals because it's either between him and Cecilio Waterman, they haven't been able to score. And um, just injuries on the Costa Rican side, just so we're also caught up to speed on Costa Rica. Obviously, you know, Keylor Navas, which is kind of the, the big one. And um, they have a new coach? They do have a new coach, okay. um, Gustavo Alfaro. He was with Ecuador at the World Cup, so this is also his coming out party to see. He's more of a defensive coach, by the way, Gustavo Alfaro. Interesting. Um, so we'll see how that plays out with, with uh, Costa Rica. Um, I was missing a, an injury, but yeah, I guess uh, that's So would that we say Panama the, the clear favorites in this? Over two legs? Over two legs? Yes. See? Yeah, it feels like if they haven't lost in five, it feels like they can keep that rolling. They may not do extremely well playing in Costa Rica, not the easiest place to go away. But coming back home, New coach as long bunk, as they get, Play you know, defensively. You yeah, know. yeah. And yeah. On, on turf as well. Yeah, yeah. that's this, the big one. This, this is where it's, Estadio Ricardo Saprisa has always been a stadium that's very difficult to play in. Mm -hmm. Turf fans sitting right on top of you. Yeah, um, you played there, I imagine, that's why... Or no? No, I have not played oh. there. Oh, but wow. Yeah, just well, everyone know. talks about how difficult it is to yeah. play there. Um, and I think, but in two legs, though, I do favor Panama. So the difference between Estadio Nacional is where they usually play. It's like a 35-seater. Great atmosphere, yeah. but there's an Olympic track around it, so the fans are a little bit further away. So the federation, who's dealing with a couple of money issues after they fired their coach mm -hmm. after, after Gold Cup, it feels like Saprisa was the better option. Mm -hmm. The fans, like you said, Jill, on top. Right on top, yeah. Oof, it's going to be fun. Uh, that came tonight, 10 p.m. Costa Rica taking on Panama. You can watch on Paramount+. Plus. All right, we're going to take another time out. We are chatting Brazil's new young star, Endrick. Is he going to live up to the hype? We're diving in after a quick timeout. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Morning Footy, presented by Taco Bell. Well, 17-year-old Brazilian striker, Enrique. Did I say it right? You got yes, it. Yes, I got it. Uh, he's a talk of the footballing world right now. And by the looks of some of these photos and this sort of uncanny resemblance to photos of uh, Pele, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a good indication of how excited Brazil is about this young player. I like that. I don't, man. I feel I'm so worried that they're way overhyping this kid. Ooh, it's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. It's Pelé? A lot. Pelé. Yeah. Like, like not even know. Ronaldo, not yeah. even Ronaldinho, yeah, not even Robinho. Okay, so we're Pelé. And he's what, 18, 19 years old? 17. He's 17. 17. It's just too soon. 17. Let's yeah, let's mm. take a look at the the two photos and compare. So this is that I mean just the, Wow. The look the vibe, clearly they outfitted him. He also, he does not look 17. No, Can the I filter just... <laughs> they've put on this? I don't know, man. I know. I, look, I'm happy for him. He's been playing well. He's got this incredible goal he scored against Botafogo where he traps it with his knee, yeah. gives him a hezzy on a fake shot. I mean, look, it's incredible. The kid's got a lot of sauce. Maybe he's got a, I'm sure he's going to have a really bright future, but to be... <sighs> I, it doesn't feel like he's the one asking for this comparison. It feels he's like it's being thrust upon him. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a lot. There it's was a, a lot. There was a picture. So he wins a youth tournament with Brazil in France. Not the Toulon tournament, but there was another tournament in which young stars are invited to. And they hoisted him up with a Brazil kit. And oh, it gosh. was eerily, uncanny eerily similar. with Pelé winning the World Cup in 1958. I think I saw that and photo. it was like, oh, damn. All right. And people went there and people are going there. He's. He's a different sort of player that we've seen in the past. He's like this small, almost stocky. He has a very low center of gravity. So he's he's explosive. He's quick. Funny enough, Abel Ferreira, the Palmeiras manager, didn't start him in the second leg in the Copa Libertadores semifinal against Boca, which was wild because he came on. He changed the game himself, a 17-year-old kid. So he's crafty. He's tricky. He knows how to combine well. He has all the characteristics in order to be a world-class player. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to give you guys a couple of stats just so you put it into context because Real Madrid has gone after young Brazilian talent as mm -hmm. of late in Vinicius mm -hmm. and Rodrigo, right? Um, want to give you a comparison because obviously Enrique is going to Real Madrid in, in the summer. summer when he's 18. So right now in the Brasileirao only in this season, Endrick has 27 games played and he has nine goals. Vinicius, in his season and the first half of the next semester, before he went to Madrid, played 37 games, got seven goals, so two goals less. And Rodrigo, playing for Santos, had 39 games, nine goals. So they're in that same conversation. Vinicius was obviously world-class talent that was sought after from Real Madrid, and they went after him. So. They have an eye for, for young Brazilian talent. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this type of hype for a young Brazilian, though, since Neymar. It's true. When Neymar was at Santos and the connections to Pele because of Santos, there's, there's something about the buildup to this that feels like, you know, the feels difference. too much. But I, I will say the one thing that stands out about Brazilian players is individual flair. The ability to take the ball and say, I got this, everybody sit back. Iso ball, mellow ball, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. And it's he has that. At 17, he has that. He has it in, in spades. It's just like flowing out of him. Yeah. He just wants to do it on his own. You can see it when he plays for Palmeiras. You can see it when Here's he... some of his goals. I mean, oh. just... <laughs> <laughs> That's a finish. Oh, my word. Here it is. I mean, look at this. Oh, oh my God. He, as opposed to Neymar, though, when Neymar made the jump from Brazil to uh, Europe, Neymar was the guy on Santos. He won the Copa Libertadores, him being mm -hmm. the main guy, him and Ganso a little bit. Um, hey, hey. But <laughs> Endrick is still kind of... Uh, a role player. He's he's like Palmeiras isn't just Enrique. I feel like Santos with Neymar was completely. It, it was completely Neymar. Neymar. But wasn't Neymar but, was what nineteen when he when when he made the move? Because wasn't he supposed to go a year earlier? But Pele told him to actually wait one more year. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. Rem I don't remember either. But what stands out to me with Enrique is his his strength and intelligence. I, I feel like when when Neymar was at Santos, just dancing over everybody. Like this he was a twig. he was a twig, and that for me was was what was so sensational about Neymar. It was that he didn't need the the strength to be able to overpower people, but also too, it does beg it did beg the question back then: Is he going to grow? Is he going to fill out a little bit more? And of course, he did. Right with Enrique already. He looks physically ready. He looks like he can dominate games at the highest level. But I do worry a little bit about hmm. how young he is and how much 
pressure is being put on him so early. Because yeah. if he goes into, he's been called into the to the Brazilian national team for the first time, hasn't even debuted for the national yep. team, and you're being compared to Pele. Pele won the World Cup at 17. Mm. Yeah, and he hasn't even debuted yet. So I, I'm still, I'm 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 sold on his ability. I'm not sold on on how how well he's going to do at the highest level. Also yeah. the mentality you need, right? Brazil is very much football del art, you know? In Europe, it's football de result, the results, the resultos. I didn't want to say the whole thing in Spanish, but uh, it's very different. The expectation is different. In Brazil, you can showcase. That's okay. In Europe, if you ain't winning, yeah. if, you, if every, every minute of every day isn't something you're doing towards winning, they're not happy. So how's that for a 17-year-old going to be? It's a big shift. Mm -hmm. I like how you guys went with my uh, Brazilian-Portuguese pronunciation of Endrique. Everyone's going to end up calling him Endrick, obviously. Endrick, but Endrick. But you guys know I'm a little like bit it. extra. And no. our producer, <laughs> Ivis Pelarso, no. no. in the control room, is like, no oh, way. this guy with no. his pronunciation. Mm. <laughs> hey, Endrick has as much sauce as that finish. Mm. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, he just got his first call up to the Brazil national team, and they will face off against Colombia tonight um, in some Conmebol World Cup qualifying matches. Here's a look at some of the others. Uh, today we've got Bolivia taking on Peru, Argentina against Uruguay. That's going to be fun. Um, and Chile, Paraguay as well. Um, for him, do we see him getting an opportunity in this match? Is he going to get any minutes, Nico? I would imagine that the whole hype is building around him getting some type of action. Maybe in this Colombia game, Brazil plays Argentina next in Oof. Brazil. So depends on how the game is playing out. But the team that Genies has put out there, the interim manager of Brazil, Copa Libertadores winner, and number one on Alexis's hype train, and deservedly <laughs> so, he put out a team without Endrick in the starting lineup. Um, and a couple of team news for Brazil. Ederson has been the starting goalkeeper in this World Cup qualifying cycle for Brazil. He withdrew from the national team camp because of a foot injury. The mm. Manchester City goalkeeper saw Alisson is set to take his place. And the team that he put out yesterday is up top, the attacking options, Rafinha, Gabriel Martinelli, Rodrigo Vinicius. I will say, Endrick in Geniza's system, wow, that's yeah. going to be fun to watch. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Should uh, be fun. <laughs> should be a lot of fun. All right. Um, Colombia taking on Brazil today, 7 p.m. Eastern. We are going to take a break. Jimmy Conrad is going to join us when we return. We're going to chat some more on the U.S. men's national team. That's coming up. Stay with us, everyone. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.